Crushgasm, the podcast dedicated to the highs and lows of crushes. From their first to their worst, we're going to cover them all with a cascade of characters, including our guests today, a couple of friends who aren't afraid to embrace the silliness of life, Chris and Deb, a podcasting pair that genuinely just want to know everything they can about the world around them. We're here to talk not only about their show, Today We Laughed and Learned, but also their crush on a movie that sent many a teen into hormonal overdrive in the 80s, The Outsider. Chris, Deb, how are you two? Hey, Kendra. Hi, Kendra. Thanks so much for having us. And I think, Chris, I think that was the best description we've ever heard of our podcast. I know. Let's have her just actually do our podcast intro because, well, that was way better than anything we've ever done. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for describing it. (laughs) Thanks so much for having us. And before we get started in talking about The Outsiders, can you tell people where they can find you and the show online? Absolutely. We are, as Kendra said, we are Today We Laughed and Learned, Chris and Deb. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Today We Laughed and Learned and on Twitter at Today We Laughed. And you can find the podcast uh, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Alrighty. Well, like the normals, the Spotify's, the, the Apple, all the good ones. Even Pandora. Oh, even Pandora. <laughs> <Bella> extra <laughs> special one. <laughs> People complain they don't get on Pandora, but we're there. I was telling uh, Chris that I went to a questionable public school where we watched a lot more movies than we did reading. And after we did read The Outsiders, we watched we watched it and we became quite obsessed with it. Um, but I don't recall my teacher mentioning the, the author was a young woman, a teen. In fact, is that something you guys learned back in the day? Because that was a fact my teacher left out. Um, I'm gonna say that I no, I the teacher didn't tell us that. I learned about that later. Uh, we just focused mostly on the book. Teacher probably didn't even know. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, they probably didn't believe it. <laughs> and did your interest in the book make you ex- like want to see the movie more? To be honest, we didn't watch it at school. Um, so I don't know. I'm from Canada. Maybe, <laughs> maybe there's a different curriculum. We didn't actually read it at school. I was just, um, I just saw the movie and, and became obsessed with it. It was more than my little heart could handle. We read the book um, a couple of times, I think. But also, when I was probably ninth grade, I became obsessed with the book. And I somehow in my um, schedule, I ended up with a lot of study halls. So I would just reread the book over and over and over again to the point that I actually memorized the first chapter. Don't ask me now. Back then I had it. It was like I was just quizzing myself. I uh, memorized the first chapter, but definitely because the advent of cable back then, Outsiders played quite a bit. Plus I had it on VHS, so I watched it a lot, but I don't remember watching it in school. Wow. Reading it over and over again. That's I don't think I think I've read maybe one or two books a second time. (laughs) Readings. It's hard. (laughs) Now, back then it was it wasn't a long book, but I just I just loved it. And of course, as you're reading it, you're picturing Ralph Macchio, see Thomas Howell, Matt Dillon, you're picturing the guys. I mean, um, <laughs> let's focus <all> right. here. <laughs> Speaking of the outsiders that help launch like several attractive men uh, into the stratosphere of popularity. And 
Were you fans of any of their work before this movie dropped, or did you have to go back and try to find these movies like Tex and Dangerous Company after the crushes settled in? Were you like, I need to watch everything Rob Lowe, Ralph Macchio ever been in? <laughs> I I don't um, I don't remember going back. I, I think that this was the first time I had seen them, so it was for me. It was more about where can I, you know, like I need to follow these guys and uh, sort of see where they're going and get all the magazines and all the, you know, like the centerfold of those. What were they? What were those magazines called, Chris? Um, Bean Bean, Tiger Bean, Sixteen, all those. Yeah. Well, you know, I I don't remember going back. No, I don't think there was anything to go back for because I think a lot of them, it was their first movie or the very, the very, very beginning. Because back, remember, we're a little bit older than probably than you are for sure. So I think it came out in 83. And yeah, yeah definitely. I think if it was Ralph Macchio's first movie and C. Thomas is, or yeah, cause I think he was maybe on eight is enough before that. And uh, like C. Thomas Howell, I don't know if he did anything before that. They were young. So other than Patrick Swayze, I don't think you really could find them before that, but you certainly saw them after. I think, okay, C. Thomas Howell had a really small role in E.T., which of course was a huge, huge movie. I mm-hmm. think he was a friend of like the teenage brother or something. And I remember, even though he had a really tiny role, I just, I have an eye for these things. I was like, who is that? And <laughs> I think that, um, so when I, you know, when he became like the lead character, so my point is that he did have a small role um, before The Outsiders, but then he was the main character in The Outsiders. And I was like, you've got to be joking me. This person that I could only see a few fleeting moments in E.T., now I get to see for like two hours straight. It was just heaven (laughs) (laughs) I like that you say you have an eye for that I think that's something about being a teenage girl and watch itching any media is that you instinctively I think because of our hormones developing are like cute boy now this is my favorite movie for no reason other than this person is very attractive (laughs) well I don't know I don't know about that but back then listen to us we sound like grandmas but (laughs) back then magazines were very affordable and they were all just pictures of these guys i mean the whole magazine was just photographs of these hot guys that were in all the teenage heartthrobs so even if you just saw them one time they showed up in all these magazines you'd rip them out and tape them on your wall i mean it was good times back then it was i mean it was the equivalent of i guess like scrolling through their instagram accounts now or or whatever you know but it was i feel like it was sort of excited. I don't know about you, Chris, but or, or you, Kendra, but like I think that every Saturday my mom would buy me a Teen Beat, so I like I, all week I would be looking forward to this Teen Beat. You know, now we've got like incessant Instagram and I don't know, TikTok and all that stuff, but I almost feel like because I could only get that magazine once a week, it just made it that much more exciting. I think so too. I think so too. You had to I wait. Agree. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would get um, every two weeks, my dad would give me $20 as child support. And I would go to the grocery store and buy as many Tiger Beats, Bop, BBs, Teen Beats. Oh, Bop. Bop. Oh. Bop. <laughs> my room was covered. Um, mm-hmm. I came of age during like boy band era, the late 90s. So Backstreet Boys, anything and everything, their face was on. My mom was scared of my room because I even did the, the ceiling. I did the roof. <laughs> well, funny, my room was a fire hazard as well. Yeah. <laughs> and if you really want to find out something, you know, sadly humorous, we had a house fire. Guess whose room did not burn? Oh. 
<laughs> the tiger beat gods were in your favor. They were. Those bodies were not going to be ruined. <laughs> Maybe all the gloss on those pictures was actually a saving grace. You know? it, it may it have been. been. <laughs> yeah, because Bob had some really glossy. Bob was like, the, for my time, was definitely the top tier of the magazines. They were putting on a lot of effort and time into their spread. Into <laughs> <laughs> their, <laughs> their glossy photos. Oh, that's funny. I don't remember. I don't know if we had Bob in Canada, but I mean, everybody knows I'm the worst Canadian in the world because I don't remember anything. Uh, but <laughs> I don't think we had Bob. But I wanted to get back to something you said, Kendra, about how we just zone in on these guys, you know, when we become obsessed with them, whether they're actors or, um, you know, singers, musicians. I don't know about you guys, but I was like, if only he met me, he would oh, know. God. I yes. am the one, like I was so convinced that if I just had that one, you know, those five minutes with him, he would fall madly in love with me, which said a lot about my self-confidence because <laughs> I don't think I had any. <laughs> but I was Obviously like, what you did. did. <laughs> Apparently, what did I think I was going to do in those five minutes to win them over, you know? <laughs> I, I think um, that just stays with you because I, even with my crushes today, my celebrity crushes, I'm like, if we just met, I think we would be great. At least good friends. They would love me. I'm funny. <laughs> they, would, they would fall in love with me. Well, I think they would. You're I'm absolutely just... adorable. So I can't imagine how yeah. they I, my current oh. crush, I'm like, I just, my husband knows I'm going to, if it happens and he's like, well, I don't want you to go to any of these conventions then if you're that confident about it. <laughs> Are we no allowed to ask apps. who your current crush is? He, he accepts my hall, well, he accepts one of my hall passes because he's not threatened by him, but the other one, he's like, I don't like that one. <laughs> he, like, he is okay with Jesse Eisenberg, but not okay with the guy who plays Homelander and the boys. Oh, if only I watched TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to be Googling as soon as we hang up. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going to say teen movies and TV, I think they've always been a little edgy. Well, at least since the 70s, but that like over-the-top Porky's vibe was then. And um, what I liked about The Outsiders is kind of the rebellion, the violence, they had the swearing, the underage drinking, and the fact that they seem, there was like no real supervision going on. And as teens, I think seeing that often is exciting to us, especially if we're the type that's like not doing all of that, like we're the good kids. <laughs> um, was that part of the attraction to the overall film and these guys? Go ahead, Deb. Oh, absolutely, Chris. Yeah, um, I was just going to say, Chris, if you want to say something. Yeah, it was something we had never seen. Like, I can't think of another movie where these guys, as you said, were were just sort of, um, you know, trying to make it on their own. And I think that there was like this very fine line between how they were, they, they really wanted parenting, like they really wanted supervision, um, but they were, they were trying to play these tough guys that I don't really think they were. They all had these beautiful hearts, right? I don't think I'm wrong about that. I think that's what I remember. Um, so I remember just finding them very vulnerable on their own and having to be this tough thing that they really didn't want to be. For me, I think um, The Outsiders was, I lived in a more of a, you know, I won't say an affluent town, but your basic, uh, you know, outside. Middle class. You, middle class, thank you. <laughs> middle class Terrible. suburban <laughs> home. And yeah. the outsiders was not. And so it gave you, it felt like you were kind of on the rough side. You know, poor Darry was taking care of uh, 
you know, his two older brothers trying to hold on to them, you know, being going off to work as a construction worker and those guys going off and getting into trouble. So to working, it just, it, it was edgy. It was edgy, completely different from where I was living at the time. And again, they were hot. Did you see Rob Lowe coming out of the shower? That is the best scene ever. <laughs> I mean, the whole cast is just gorgeous, but who are some of your like personal favorites that stood out? Because for me, there is always a hierarchy of crushes, either a cast of in a movie or a boy band. Like you're always going to put them in an order. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, I was obsessed, like I said, with C. Thomas Howell. I, I tend to go for the underdog. Like I, C. Thomas Howell um, didn't end up doing very much. I mean, he was in some movies like Red Dawn and uh, Grandview USA and stuff like that. But I don't know. I feel like I always go for the one who's not the megastar. I mean, Tom Cruise was horrible. I don't like Tom Cruise anyway, but mm. he... I don't think he was crushable in that movie. I, I personally don't even include him in our list of um, he, yeah. in the, they made him so revolting in that movie. <laughs> like, why are you even there? <laughs> you look so gross. <laughs> and who was um, your favorite? Okay, for me, it, back then, as a teenager, Ralph Macchio was definitely uh, my heartthrob back then. He would have been. Who are you trying to fool? You are no. still crushing on him. You made a he, great he, effort he, to okay. say back then. <laughs> I do because now people have aged quite a few years. And <laughs> I don't know if you've seen Rob Lowe lately. Oh, but, okay. He looks better than he ever looked. Okay. So if you if I were to go now with looks now, Rob Lowe would be on top. But back then I was going with Ralph Macchio was definitely my top. I did really like um Rob Lowe and then probably Matt Dillon, then probably C. Thomas Howell. Patrick Swayze to me, he would just seem old. I mean, I know he was supposed to pay <laughs> yeah. like he was like 29 at the time and he was playing like a 20-year-old <laughs> or a 19-year-old. I mean, he looked old. <laughs> Um, and yeah. I miss, oh, Emilio Estevez, I did have a crush on him. He probably would have come before C. Thomas Howell, actually. Mm, probably about the same. Really? Yeah, oh, probably no, the same. No. But I was, def but definitely, um, yeah, no, Ralph Macho was my biggie. Patrick, so I, I fell in love with Patrick Swayze when I was five because my mom let me watch Dirty Dancing for some reason mm. at that age. So I never thought he was <laughs> old. It was just my boyfriend. <laughs> he looks now, I think, didn't Dirty Dancing probably come out easily another 10 years later? I don't remember what year it was, if not longer than that. Oh, it was 87? Oh. It was yeah. only five years? Really? I was, Seemed like I a was lifetime. born the year it came out. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Um, I would say Rob Lowe was the hottest in The Outsiders, and then Patrick Swayze for me. Those are my top two. Now, Patrick Swayze definitely during um, Dirty Dancing. You know, you definitely, because he was, you know, all emotional and all those things, you know. He'd get hit you on a different level there. So now, I was a Ralph Macho. Do it for, you know, do it for Johnny. That's all I said. <laughs> yeah. Stay <laughs> gold, Johnny. Stay gold. <laughs> and then, of course, the movie comes and goes. And I think uh, so many of these actors, again, they popped off in the best way possible. It's not hard to find them working after this movie. But did you follow all of them where you like okay well, you know Matt Dillon's got a new movie coming out check <laughs> Amelia Estevez <laughs> check like were you renting or buying or watching these oh renting beyond again um it was the heyday of VHS uh, sorry Deb beta the yeah. VHS so you know <laughs> even pre-blockbuster you know you were getting all the movies as they were coming out and definitely you know Karate Kids was a biggie um 
along with the outsiders, but also, oh, Deb, you said C. Thomas Howell. How about The Hitcher? Yeah. Do you remember the movie The Hitcher? Oh, that was, was it scary. It was. I can't watch. I watched horrors like nothing, but that movie was a psych, more psychological. Scared the pants off of me. That was a good movie that he did. He didn't do a lot of things. And Red Dawn always liked Red Dawn, although I tried to watch it. I don't know, maybe a year ago. Uh, didn't hold up. <laughs> <laughs> didn't hold up to my teenage dreams, you know. Uh, but but look at him, like Emilio Estevez. I mean, he did Breakfast Club, a classic. So Hell yeah, we. Fire. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's I, funny, I, I think about the Brat Pack, and I'm like, they consider The Outsiders like the original Brat Pack. I mean, they had so, I just, that movie, it's crazy to think of how many big stars came out of this one movie. Yeah, they all, they all got big. The, yeah. nobody, the only one who didn't become big, because he was big beforehand, and he fell, was Leif Garrett. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was obsessed with him. I, probably before The Outsiders, though, right? Wasn't he like a singer before The Outsiders? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was in the, like right. late 70s, early 80s. My cousin was mad right. for him. That was my I aunt. My you really? love Leif Garrett. Yeah, that and then <laughs> she turned to Prince in the 80s, so she kind of dumped him after. <laughs> yeah, he was dumpable. <laughs> by the 80s, he was dumpable. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, it's hard to go from teen heartthrob to like adult hottie. We can't all be Rob Lowe, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know the other one that the other one that did well was uh, Matt Dillon. He kind of dropped off after doing Rumblefish and uh, what else did he do? Um, Drugstore Cowboy and a couple other things. But then he dropped off and then he came back with um, what was it? There's something about Mary. Remember him with the. Um, but I remember there's something about Mary and Wild Things. Those two movies, uh, oh. I remember suddenly it felt like he was back in, in your face, you know? Wild Things uh, for my generation was like, the I just wrote about it, the movie that you tried to slide in renting because it was so risque. You don't want it to was. know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me just get that in the blockbuster bag without mom seeing it. <laughs> But yet she lets you watch Dirty Dancing. Yeah, I, I well, yeah. my mom was like, not like every other mom. My mom didn't care what we watched. I mean, she used to record South Park for us because I would fall asleep and I'd watch it before school. Like, we love, we were a big South Park family. Like, she, had, she loved Cartman. She thinks Cartman's the funniest thing in the world. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> really, oh really hands-off parenting over at my house. But you know what? You seem like the sweetest, most adorable girl ever. So I don't see, you know, it worked. And um, my older brother and my younger brother, total, they're the outside, they're those rebel boys. And then I'm oh. like, they're the Bart Simpsons, I'm the Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you think your crushes within the, but, but in the confines of the outsiders, like your crushes on all these guys, sort of shaped the type of people you would continue to crush on throughout the rest of your adolescence? Perhaps your life. <laughs> thinking i'm not sure if i had a type okay listen i crushed up every single if they were breathing i'm pretty sure it was yeah. on my i mean seriously it was ridiculous <laughs> uh, <laughs> i tend to think although ralph Macchio in this movie as um as johnny he was the boy next door living a rough life he wasn't really a bad boy but i think definitely i kind of preferred the bad boy look again like the matt dylan the rob Lowe. <laughs> Just getting back to one thing though, do you guys remember, wasn't Matt Dillon in 
Darling, that was a very risque. Birthday. Christy McNichol. Christy McNichol, Christy right? McNichol. Yeah, yeah, that was super risque. Kendrick, yeah. have you seen that? Mm-mm, no, I've never seen that. I think that was like 1980. I think that was before Outsiders. Okay, because I remember, I think that I was obsessed with Matt Dillon in that too. And that book, or I think I read the book and watched the movie. It was so risque because it was talking about teen sex, which really, I don't know, we just, it wasn't available to us. I don't know, maybe it's a good thing, I'm not sure. No, it was considered quite a, I remember. Yeah, but I think that what happened for me, um, I think that I got, after The Outsiders, I got really into more like music and the British invasion with like Duran Duran and stuff like that. So I was obsessed with Simon Le Bon and I think that he was also kind of the bad boy. So I do think that in a way, I, I agree with Chris, like I kind of like the, the rough around the edges kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I think that's the case of most of uh, teenage uh, fangirls. It's that bad boy. Like when you see a boy band, you're like, oh, I'm going for that one with the mustache or wearing the hat. <laughs> They're like <"Ooh>, rebellious. <laughs> Ooh, the rebel. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they wear hats when they're rebels, but that seemed to be the case with boy bands. <laughs> <laughs> it's so they stood out. It was so that, you know, especially it was backwards. Yeah. Oh, if it was backwards, you know they were gonna have probably a drug problem or something. <laughs> that <tried to> hide. <laughs> At least that was the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> so, you guys mentioned the Brat Pack, um, and for people that don't know, it was just like a group of actors in the '80s that were like, "Ooh, big for the teens." It had Emilio Estevez, Rob Lowe. Do you think there was any outsider that sort of should have been included in that like main group that was focused on in the 80s that wasn't i would say matt dylan yeah it seemed like the term brat pack came after it kind of came after the uh outsiders so yeah so for the brat pack um i think the word brat pack kind of came up once we got breakfast club going right like molly mm-hmm. ringwald and uh anthony michael Hi. hall and and those guys uh I, yes I would think actually, I mean, part of me says Ralph Macchio wasn't included in it, but he could have been because he was Karate Kid, you know, one, two, three. Um, yeah. You know, maybe not. I don't know. It just seemed like, you know, it was the same kids that showed up. I think actually I disagree with myself. I think anybody who was in a John Hughes movie became part of the Brat Pack. Yeah, and automatically. That's what I was going <laughs> to yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. So like, actually, I, I feel like 16 Candles, 16 Candles yes. for me, I feel like was... Oh, that's the one that's coming to mind. That sort of, I feel like St. Elmo's Fire um, yeah. and The Breakfast Club came after that, but I could be wrong. Yep, I think, yeah. That, so basically, you had to be in a John Hughes movie. Then you could be part of the Black Brat Pack. So. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> he was like the gang leader. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then for me, like, I grew up, like, I'm a 90s kid. So for me, it was like Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Devin Sawa, Christina Ricci, always in, like, the same movies I watched. Yep. In the 2000s, it was always Hilary Duff and Lindsay Lohan, Amanda Bynes. Mm-hmm. And they kind of had their own little crews. But the Brat Pack's really what started it all, for especially for, like, fangirls and fanboys. So I want to know, mm-hmm. back in the 80s, was the Brat Pack, did you guys really consider them, like, the end-all, be-all of cool? Were they, like, that poppin'? I won't say the, at least for me, they weren't the cool because the Brat Pack was made up of almost like misfits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but they were definitely, I was, you know, they, you expected them. And if they were in the movie, it was going to be a good movie. But I don't know about. Uh, the be all, end all. Yeah. I 
feel, I think that I liked that they were all, um, what's it called, like misfits, because I, I think that I felt like a misfit. So I thought that, you know, again, if they could just meet me for five minutes, I would be immediately, <laughs> you know, included uh, in their, you know, in their group. But I just, I feel like something that I think a lot of us do, is I just felt like that was a perfect world. Like, I don't remember thinking, oh, so I love her and I love him. Uh, but just the, the the mood that they created in the movies, like where Molly Ringwald, let's say in Sixteen Candles, wasn't necessarily popular, and you know that that typical theme where you know sort of the not so good looking girl or the unpopular girl gets the the the, the good guy, let's say, um, that to me was always such an attractive, like a dreamy thing yeah. to happen because I think I wanted that to be me. So I was I was. Like, it was the stories, I think, that they were spinning and not so much the actors themselves that I was obsessed with. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, yeah. I think yeah. you said that beautifully. Oh, thank you. That's the obsession <laughs> with the outsiders. It it lasted a couple of years. I think that's common for any teenager. We go through phase and it, it might always be in our heart, but we replace it. Dub, you said Duran Duran. You got more into music. Were there any other, like, big crushes that came after the outsiders kind of fizzled just a little and you started putting new pictures from Di Tiger Beat on your walls? <laughs> Oh, I, okay, so I, but when I say I was, like, obsessed with Britpop, it lasted a long time. Like, it was, um, you know, Duran Duran, Thompson Twins, you know, Howard Jones, Bananarama had huge girl crushes on Bananarama. Again, if they had only met me for five minutes, I would have been the fourth Bananarama. <laughs> um, and then I feel like, I feel like I'm not sure sort of what I went through, because all of a sudden I remember, like, Lenny Kravitz was a massive crush, but that must have been, you know, that was what, oh, 90, yeah. 91? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I'm not sure what happened to me at the end of <laughs> my <laughs> teen years, but I remember after that, like Lenny Kravitz was just nothing else existed in the world for me except him. My walls started with The Outsiders and, and, and Brat Pack and all that, but in all of those, because I had a lot of walls, and all of that, probably, whenever Thriller came out, what was that, 84-ish? It was Michael Jackson. Oh, Thriller, yeah. yeah. He was, every poster I saw, I bought, every, so it was mostly Michael Jackson, along with all my Tiger Beat and um, and Bop and uh, Teen Beat and all those. I mean, I, it really was a fire hazard. And I remember <laughs> on my wall, under my, there was a little patch of, um, wallpaper and under it I wrote I love Michael Jackson and <laughs> and we rented the home so we moved out and lo and behold another family moved in who I happened to know I worked with oh. the kid and we we're talking stuff he's like wait a minute because we discussed and found that he had my room and he's like are you the one who wrote I love Michael Jackson on the wall <laughs> I said, yes. oh my god you like it and then after that, I think it was a lot of hair bands. I had a lot of Poison and uh, Motley Crue on my wall. And yeah. Mm. So. Did you live in an octagonal room, Chris? Because you do sound like you have a lot of walls. <laughs> um, no, but I always, because I'm a hoarder and um, I always had a lot of stuff. So my mother always gave me the biggest room. So, I mean, I literally covered every inch and if it wasn't, you know, you overlap the corners, you know, the parts that didn't take away from it. It really was, it, there wasn't an inch of wall wall space scene 
if it wasn't covered with I one. believe it. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> I, I actually, I had shelves over my bed. I had these like two shelves and I even had posters and, and no, maybe not posters because the shelves were small, but I had like stuck pictures of my crushes to the shelves. So it was like, you know, me lying down trying to go to sleep and like six inches from my eyes. It was oh, you know, Simon yes. LeBon. Uh, it was like, yep. I, the only thing I didn't do was take the magazine like into bed with me. That was... <laughs> Well, to be fair, there wasn't much left to my magazine. I mean, who really read the articles? I mean, nobody read the articles. I did. I didn't want to. I didn't want to because they'd be like, oh, Well, that's true. They would tell you their favorite dog or their favorite color and those things. Yeah, but that's true. It was pertinent information. Yeah, because if you did get those five minutes with them, you had to know their favorite <laughs> pizza flavor. Like, <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> I was just always afraid to read about the girlfriend or the marriage because I was like, you know, the, 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 my five minutes are not looking good if they had a girlfriend <laughs> or, you know, a wife. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say in Teen Beat and those things, they didn't really, I don't think, I could be wrong, maybe I just ignored it, but I don't think they really publicized when they had a girlfriend unless it was really something that had been going You're on probably for a right. while, you know because the whole You're thing probably they were, right they were heartthrobs so what good is a heartthrob if he's got a girlfriend exactly <laughs> yeah it's just they my very suspicious. much you see, I was, sorry i said they very much hid that because i know the oldest backstreet boy i'm pretty sure he met his wife like prior to them getting signed in like 93 because he's like is the oldest i think he is the same age as the youngest new kid so (laughs) (laughs) Um, he's married and has had children for a while but yeah they definitely would keep those type of things under wrap to keep the fangirl fantasy uh going and they could get it because it wasn't you know there wasn't the internet and they you know Mm -hmm. it wasn't instagram and all that so they could keep all those things under seat so that see it led to a lot of fantasy and a lot of imagination now you don't get that how do you think you would have reacted to the outsiders and the cast if you had social media back then? Okay, I don't know if you, you guys, I think, are going to get this. I'm not sure if this is my um, my mental health issues, <laughs> but my crushes were always accompanied by extreme sadness that I was never going to meet them or never going to have those five minutes with them. So I don't know. I think that it would have been painful to see them everywhere. Sorry, that's just me being dark. (laughs) I I wasn't there. And that's, you know, that's me. Um, But I I really do think that, again, someone get me my walker. For goodness sakes, I sound like a friggin' grandmother, (laughs) great grandmother. Um, I don't know. I think it just, everything, everything is so in your face now. You don't have time to sit and daydream about something. You know, lie around and thumb through the magazine, just kind of daydream. Now it's scroll, 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 flip, 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 flip. I don't know. It just, I don't think it would affect me the way it did back then. I don't think I would have thought the, plus, you know, to watch the outsiders, you had to, you know, you either had to come on cable, you had to have the VHS, you had to like search for it. Now everything is at your fingertips. Like there's no, yeah. no waiting for it, no excitement towards it. It's like just another movie. I don't know. I don't think I, I would think have the same reaction. I think it's like what we were saying before about the team, you know, the magazines. It's like it, when it, when it's so there, you just don't appreciate it as much. Whereas when we were like, you know, would 
like let's say I don't know um, Ralph Macho would make a guest appearance on you know the Donnie and Marie show I know that's not possible because it's different eras but you know what I'm saying like <laughs> we would get so excited about something because we it was like this one time it wasn't something you would go back to and watch 25 billion times on YouTube so I think that um, we might have just gotten like what's it called um, inundated and then sort of too much information I don't think it would have been a special if we had had well, them in our face all the time it's not unlike um back when we were growing up the christmas specials you know the um Rudolph the red nose right my mother would go through the tv guide and circle them and flap them so we yeah. knew when they were coming on and you made sure you were home to watch it because you wouldn't see it again that was it it was one exactly. and done exactly it's not you know the christmas story playing all day long on you know on the cable channel for 24 hours it's you know it, it i don't know it, it for us it creates some special i'm sure right. You know, Kendra's generation has other things that made it special and our generation, the generation out there now has their things. But for us, actually yeah. waiting added a little, mm-hmm. uh, a little something special to it. Yeah, and I'm not sure about you, but, um, you know, we in Canada, we didn't get MTV until like last year. <laughs> but we didn't have, you know, we did. <laughs> We had, you know, very few video channels and we just, I mean, our evening, my evening with my best friends would be, you know, making popcorn, getting some Coke or whatever, and sitting around and seeing if maybe uh, the video show would show our favorite video. Like we didn't know it was out of our control. So it was kind of like equally exciting, you know? Hmm. Kendra, how about you? Uh, yeah, we had to wait around and TV would show the video, but you didn't know when. We just couldn't hop on YouTube. And I couldn't imagine having YouTube uh, in 1999 when Backstreet Boys were like releasing their. I would have been just like not even in school. I just would have probably sat there and watched the video all day. Yeah, I think that waiting around definitely helped add to the fanness. And plus, we didn't have these, I think, like online we get to connect people like we're doing now but there's something mm-hmm. a little toxic about the fandoms nowadays with every fandom that's like whether they're swifties or drag race fans it comes with this like ball of negativity that mm-hmm. follows fandoms too and i feel like my generation last one where you really got to just have this innocence fandom mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. we just I got agree, to enjoy agree. it and i i don't think kids today that sounds really like I'm an old person but kids today I don't think they have the same type of fangirl appreciate like experience that we got to you know like with the magazines and all that oh I agree I mean I mean I see my kids and or at least my daughter I mean boys don't get to it the way girls do um she doesn't it's experience it the same way I did you know she just waits okay you know she'll watch the same videos over and over again she likes somebody but it isn't the same or like concerts nowadays mm-hmm. I mean when I was a kid yeah. we could go to a concert we could I don't know afford it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, concerts are so insane first off all the scalpers get them before you know regular people get them and then the prices are so outrageous and then it's like okay you can have that but if you want a vip experience so you're like can actually see the stage you gotta pay this much you gotta pay this i don't it just seems like i don't know it's it isn't for me but that's because i grew up in a different generation yeah yeah i i think that things were different like i feel like we had enough space in our brains to get excited about that, the video that we might get to see or the, the poster that might be in, in Teen Beat or even going out and playing hide and seek. You know, now I just feel, I, I have a teenage daughter too. I just feel like they're just like consumed. They're just constantly with these images and this 
information. I just feel like their their heads are so full that they don't get excited. They're yeah. I don't know if I'm like explaining myself very well, but I just feel like there's just so much stimulation there all the time that it has to be something really extraordinary to like really be like, oh, that makes me feel good. Whereas we had the, it's like what Kendra said, like it was this innocent space where when something came up because it was so different from our day-to-day life, like as I said, like a video or a new movie, it was absolutely something to be ecstatic about. Here, I just feel like everything is paraded in front of our kids constantly. There's no, there's nothing exciting. Okay, that was a huge generalization, but you know what I'm saying, I think. <laughs> I, I get that. Like, and with that, you guys have kids, so you can kind of see this more than I, I do, but I, I think about it a lot. Of We didn't get it all the time. Like we're saying, we got our magazines once a week. The videos were played when MTV wanted them to be played. They weren't instant. And I think that made us appreciate our adolescence yeah. and our teenage experiences a whole lot more. So now... I feel like Gen X and millennials are very nostalgic for that reason because we were, mm-hmm. I think the 80s and 90s for pop culture it was it. Like we had the best movies, yeah. the music, it was everything before the internet took over and it was all the time. So do you yeah. think like your kids are going to be lucky enough to look back and have movies like The Outsiders or music like Michael Jackson? Or is it they're always moving forward and everything's just like TikTok brain where they're not going to be able to store those memories as heartfelt as you guys have? Um, I think I know I my daughter, there's certain things like we were uh, jumping around the other day, dancing to some music and stuff. And there was a lot of songs I didn't know. She's like, oh, when I think about it, I was watching YouTube Kids. And so she's got her own nostalgia. It's just going to be different than ours. And she's going to crave it, too, I believe. Um, You know, like we said, the Internet, we complain about it, but. That being said, there's, um, like we've met, you kind of met so many wonderful people. And I, you know, my kids have met people online and learning, you know, they see nice enough people, not talking about the toxic ones. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think everything has its good and it's it's good and it's bad. You know, I just, uh, she's definitely going to have, they will have their own memories. We will, they'll look back just as nostalgic as we did. Yeah, because think what it's going to be like in 20 years for them imagine <laughs> oh, God. yeah I think I agree with you I don't know about you Chris but my daughter recently has been, been has been feeling really nostalgic for her like sort of I don't know the years leading up to let's say when she was seven or eight years old she's been watching all these like Princess Sophia all this animation <laughs> Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and it's um it's really beautiful to see her well it's sad because it's almost like she's lamenting it Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, I, I just feel, I feel so happy that she had such joy. Yeah, um, we go through those. Yeah. Yeah. I, lo- I love that. So, yeah, I think that they will have their, their own memories, but it, it's definitely different, a different kind of feeling, maybe. Okay. I don't, I, I, I think it'll be just as nostalgic for them. You know, they're going to crave yeah. Sophie the first. They're going to crave, you know, all those things yeah. the way we do. And they're going to look back and they're going to feel old when they're going to say, oh, remember the old days? Because I, yeah. I, seriously, 20 years from now, you look how fast life is moving now. What the hell is this world going to be like in yeah. 20 years? And as for the girls, I mean, let's face it, our girls are not graduating this year, but in a couple of years they're graduating. So it's kind of, I think, one of those things too, kind of, you know, looking back. 
That's good to yeah. hear because I always get worried. I'm like, I feel like every generation needs those nostalgic memories, and I'm like, I hope these kids are making them because the world's tough right now for kids. So I hope oh. they do have some joy to look back on. But before we move on, I want you to know, I want you to imagine yourself in the world of the outsiders. You're gonna get your five minutes, Deb. Um, oh, <laughs> I need to put some make. I need to put do my hair and put some makeup on. <laughs> you're dating your favorite so you're dating pony boy you're dating johnny what are your lives like in this world i feel i've always been i have like the savior syndrome so i feel like i would be the one that saves him i would be that warm embrace that he can't get he i would be that safe place you know that peaceful place for him to just Still with, you know, because he's, there was just like so much stress in his life. Um, because, you know, I typically would want to give and ask for nothing in return. So I would end up resentful and um, kicking him out. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if it was back in outsider's time, I would have been about the same age. I probably would have been, you know, obsessed with um, Johnny. And I would have been out there that night, that night when he was with um, Pony and they killed Leif Garrett. Mm. And I probably would have run away with him, figuring that, you know, and by running away to a church, suddenly life was going to be great because I'm a bit <laughs> of a um, dreamer. <laughs> but, yeah. it, um, on the, but I still would have been, I, I'm not a tough one. I'm more of a, uh, I'm more of a chicken shit. So... Uh, I wouldn't have been tough in it, but I would have gone along with it, I guess. I would have gone along and then found a phone booth and phoned my mom. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah, that would have been some. I definitely would have. Yeah, you're probably right. You say that. But yeah, I probably yeah. would have found the phone booth. Yeah, I would have probably been like, let's hook up, but then I got to go home because your guys' life is too crazy for me. I'm a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Like, I, exactly. I would have been scared. scared. But keep in mind, it was 19, that, that movie was set in 1965, so things were a little different then. True, true. So let's talk more about you two. And today we laugh and learn. Thinking back to when y'all started, what made you initially want to like start it up? And who sort of brought it to the table first? That's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm glad that you recognize the errors of your ways, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, what welcome. happened? Okay, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Chris and I are great friends. Uh, we have been for years. Our daughters are the same age, and we kind of bonded over that. But we don't live in the same city, so whenever you know, we had this like amazing connection where we might not talk for a few months, but whenever we did get together, it was just like no time had passed. So we always celebrated being together by you know going for a morning coffee, which ultimately turned into wine. And um, I was saying to Chris, I, there's so much about the world that I don't know. There's so much I want to know, but I know that I just, I won't sit down and learn it unless I'm accountable to somebody. Why don't we, you know, learn something new every week and text each other so that we're sort of forced to do it. And she's like, well, let's just take this up a notch. Let's do a podcast. I'm like, okay. <laughs> because you, Chris, have been, you had like the, the idea of the podcast had been swirling around in your brain, but you didn't really have like the concept yet. So I think that I, I just like gave you that concept and we we ran with it, right? You gave me the concept and the guts. I didn't know what I wanted Aww. to do. I wanted to do a podcast, but I was really, I, I was a bit of a chicken. 
and I was very self-conscious. I still am. And I was like, no one's going to listen to me. And what am I going to do? But this way, if I had someone to be accountable for, we got it started. Yeah. And did you like either of you have like podcasting or radio experience before? Oh, zero. No, like nothing. I did I mean, less than nothing. <laughs> I had a I had a radio show for seriously five minutes in about 1997, um, <laughs> but that's it. It was all new. It was all all new. And you have to jump in. <laughs> oh, not only have to jump in. You have to understand we had been spending yeah at this point you know 15 years or whatever raising our kids. So the only mm. computer you know mm. knowledge that I had was scrolling Facebook. <laughs> I knew nothing. Yeah, occasional email. That was it. I knew nothing. I literally, I am like, why do I even have a computer? You know, and I knew zero. And here we are jumping into this thing. Every word that I'm reading, how to do this, was like a foreign language. I had no clue what to do. And to boot, I had to figure out how to edit too. Oh, well, that's part. I was going to say, I mean, I, I work for a technology company that makes software for shipping you companies. You might not want so to mention I, that. <laughs> I, I know people are like, wow, <laughs> people need their money back. But <laughs> my point is that I might have been a little bit more technologically inclined than Chris. But the incredible thing is that she just ran with it. Like you were, I, I know that you say that you still have, you know, insecurities and stuff like that, but you just dove in and, and owned it like it was just if it wasn't for Chris we would not have a podcast that is not you know uh, at all uh, an untruth like you just you just sort of fearlessly did learn how to edit and I didn't even know what an RS feed was and and all that stuff so it was just I feel like um, we both it's been a learning experience and a fearful learning experience that has done us both really good and you know when you do something fearfully that's also is called courage you know being <laughs> courageous so i think that um if nothing else we've learned a lot about ourselves wouldn't you agree chris i do agree and i will say this the other blessing that we've had is somehow deb and i play off each other very well we are for the most part opposites in a lot of things but whenever i'm feeling down about doing the podcast she feels like doing it she's like come on let's do it and when she's down <laughs> like oh i just don't know if we should do this and i'm like okay let's go it, we, we feed off each yeah. other perfectly every single time really last night I, I had a bit of a bad day and uh i, I texted chris and i'm like is there any chance you think i'm amazing no <laughs> <laughs> I needed some reassurance. And, and don't Jesus. worry. I came yeah. back with the greatest bitmoji ever. You know? <laughs> she, she just, I, she had me laughing in five minutes. So that's, that's just a testament to what this last year or so has been like. Just sort of like, you know, one person standing up when the other person kind of felt like sitting down kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I've said it many times and, you know, I would have failed, I think, last year because I was really busy with work and the podcast and, and stuff. And if it hadn't been for Chris, um, I, I would have failed and I'm so happy I didn't. So it's it's good. <laughs> it was rough going last year. It was rough going because we were new at it. There was a lot going on in yeah. lives. And to be honest, you know, it's not like we had anyone listening. So you didn't feel like you were getting paid off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not actually, you know, monetarily because that's not yeah. happening. <laughs> Yeah. But figuratively, you know, 
just scraping around for someone to listen. I will tell you the oddest thing that came out of this was our love for Twitter. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we n- n- neither of us had ever been on Twitter before, and I was trying to figure out. She was. Trying, I'm like, I don't know. You, you do Instagram, I'll do Twitter, and somehow we wound up in a great the Good Pods group. And mm-hmm. everybody has been so nice and so supportive, and we've met so many great people. And I have nothing bad to say about Twitter because I, yeah. I know it's out there, but we've been blessed that we haven't run into it. Everyone's been very kind to us. So it's good you all have each other, a, a partner in crime. Because it can yeah. be hard to do it by yourself. Well, I think it's like we said before, it's the yin to the yang, is what we say because. Always, when one of us doesn't feel like doing the recording, the other one does. And, you know, and we pressure each other because we actually have to look up topics. And it takes so much longer than we ever thought mm-hmm. it would. We thought this was something yep. we'd knock out in a couple hours and we're all set for the week. This thing can take forever. So sometimes yep. you don't feel like doing it. But no, no, we, uh, yeah. yes, we're very blessed to have each other. Definitely. Being an adult, it's hard to find time between work and you guys have your families to have to have like a social life outside of that. So you, do you think having this podcast also like it's a little bit of self-care where you get some time to yourselves during the week to just be with one ch- another? Um, for me, yes. definitely. Yes. For me, definitely. Yes. Because um, not only is it my self-care, it's actually my social life. <laughs> yeah, I don't have much of a social life outside of here. So it's actually boosted me up. I've been talking to so many more people and mm-hmm. like, I'm not just vegging in front of the TV or, you know, I actually doing something where I'm actually learning something. My kids support me yeah. though. They, they may not listen, which I understand, but they're like, oh, she's recording. That's okay. You know, they're not complaining. Everybody supports it. So I'm glad we did it. Oh, I'm absolutely glad we did it. And it really taught us, uh, I think, Chris, I can speak for you too. Like, it really taught us boundaries too, because both Chris and I are both, and maybe you are too, Kendra, like givers, you know, giving to our children, which of course we should be, and to our, uh, I'm separated now, but to our, you know, partners and whatnot. And this was the first time that we were, we actually put our foot down and said, you know what? I'm going to be recording for the next two hours. You know, you're just going to have to. <laughs> deal with you cook for yourself or or do whatever like we really prioritize this and I think that it was a really good exercise in boundaries but also to add on to what Chris said I'm just all up I, I love people I love stories I love interaction and this is a dream like going on other people's podcasts having other people on our podcast meeting you Kendra like another soul another spirit yeah I just it's it's so good for our psyche, I think, and and it's I, I would say it's my social life too. I have a, a mm. few friends, but <laughs> not too. I don't. I'm not out every night. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we do our weekly drafts uh, on I did not make these rankings podcast network, and that's mm-hmm. literally as social as I get for the week. Yeah. Is seeing those guys, <laughs> gals. But those guys are so great. You are so lucky yeah. to be on with them. I love them. They're they're, they're yeah. Yeah, they're fabulous. So what I like about your guys' show is that you showcase this love of knowledge, whether it be like Mm. Simpsons theories, Mesopotamia, you guys are all over the board. So I got to assume that you guys are big documentary watchers. Hmm? I am now. 
Uh, even yeah. previous, even previous to the podcast, I just kind of the movies just bore me now. They, I did like yep. most of the movies. I just don't like. I it, they feel like a waste. So now I actually really do enjoy putting on a good documentary. Now whether or not I remember much from it doesn't matter. I do like to. I do like to watch. I hate taking notes from them though. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you have to pause it. Yeah, oh. I totally agree. I I'm not. Yeah, I, I will. Eight times out of ten, choose a documentary over a series or whatever because I just yeah I find everything so I don't know fake or superficial. It might just be like the phase of life that I'm in. Um, but I think that something else Chris and I've talked about is that I just like in social circles I felt like there were so many topics I couldn't carry on a conversation about. Now I, you don't have to understand the inner workings of the stock market or you know anything like that, but they were like. Things that I couldn't even say two words about, current events, <laughs> history, politics, you know, you name it. And I'm not saying that I'll ever become an expert in all of those things, but I feel like I have, you know, after doing this podcast, I think Chris is the same. I have more like spherical sort of worldly knowledge and, and that was really missing. And it, it just, it's something that helps us engage with people even more, which um, has been a huge benefit for me at least, but I know Chris feels the same way. I do feel the same way. Exactly. I it, it amazes me. We finish an episode, I edit it, and then I feel like I forgot everything. But it comes back. Me too. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> I've yet to use the word Mesopotamia in too many conversations. But <laughs> it could happen. Um, no, definitely. It's surprising how many times I've pulled something out of an episode in a conversation. Well, you guys are spreading your social circle with this knowledge. <laughs> Hopefully. You see, <laughs> we're doing a service to the world. <laughs> and what are some things that you want to learn that maybe your partner doesn't know you want to bring to the, the table yet? Kendra, you are the best question asker. <laughs> you have such good <laughs> questions. Um, I don't know. I think I would have to think about that one thing I'm I'm very curious about like religions and spirituality and I'm not saying that Chris isn't but I sometimes I'm a little bit I'm not sure if like our listeners would be interested so I avoid those but that's definitely something that interests me that I'd like to find a way to bring to the podcast without scaring anybody you know I don't know if that made sense mm-hmm and, and I, for me, I know Deb lacks in pop culture. So love her dearly, right, but she, exactly. she does lack in the pop culture world. And I do yeah. too, but I definitely have a little bit more grip on. So I tried, I try to keep it a little lighter, most of the things that I do, but I find myself really intrigued with history. So it could be anywhere. And I mean, this so, I mean, history is everything. So I know Deb for sure. Um, 99% of it she has not heard of because I have Oh, haven't God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So yeah. I try to keep I I try to keep Deb with the pop culture and history. What is some pop yeah. culture history that you might want to tune Deb into? Well, I mean everything. Everything. <laughs> um, well, I don't want to tell one because I know there's one that's coming up and that'll be a surprise. <laughs> but it wouldn't. Um, like I, uh, I don't know. I t- just kind of pull it out of the air. To be honest, I don't usually plan too far in advance. I have, um, you know, like right now we're doing Prohibition. Uh, what else? Pop culture. Oh, of course, I did the Simpsons one for her. She had, can you believe, Kendra, she had never heard about the Simpsons and them predicting the future? Right. Yeah. I knew about the, the Simpsons. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> What's so the she internet? Needs, <laughs> she needs little nuggets like that in her life. She doesn't, you know, she needs the fun things. Well, is, do you think it's like a Canadian thing? Because I know, like, I did a, uh, there's a podcast called Everything 90s, and she's a little younger than me, the host, but it's crazy how much pop culture of Americans she didn't know, and it's like, you're our neighbor, and she's like, I just had a, like, all the new metal, like, corn, lit biscuit, and stuff like that was just, like, went over her head, but here it was huge for huge. my generation. <laughs> Well, and I think okay, we thank God into- I know who Corn and Limbiscuit are. Thank God. <laughs> but you say that, and Deb and I have run into that. Um, there's been many things where she's like, "Oh, I don't think I've heard of that." And then we discuss it, and we're like, "Oh, maybe it's because it wasn't big in Canada, mm-hmm. or something like Whoopie Pies." Whoopie yeah. Pies in the states. You know what a Whoopie Pie is, right? Or Moon Pie. Didn't Deb, know didn't... until 2015 because that's it's also a regional thing in America, and I didn't have. Oh, it oh. oh, did you have fluff? Did you know what fluff was? No. Uh, <laughs> you were going to say you... fluff. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Everybody should know about fluff. Is that oh, like do you... marshmallow stuff? Yeah, the marshmallow cream that I grew I up with. I grew up in the 70s and 80s eating uh, peanut butter and fluff sandwiches, I mean. And Deb thought I was crazy. <laughs> that, I mean, we saw it got, like, mentioned probably on, like, Nickelodeon or something. So then we, like, <laughs> begged our mom to go buy it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I think, I wasn't a fan, but my little brother was. And actually, my nephew today, that is his favorite sandwich. Oh, God bless your nephew. <laughs> <laughs> he's an old soul. He told me, I have a big uh, gizmo tattoo on the back of my leg. And I uh-huh. asked him around Christmas, I was like, oh, what, uh, what are you into now? You know, what you? He's like, oh, I've got really into gremlins. Have you ever heard of it? And I was like, big giant gizmo on my leg. I was like, this kid trying to mansplain the gremlins to me. Seriously. <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah, your tattoo. I guess you like the movie. <laughs> yeah, you might have been a fan. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like I said before, I I kind of I like sort of deep things. Like I I'm more as I said I I'm not I, I think that you know the Canadian thing is definitely a factor in the pop culture. Also, I've lived abroad and I go back and forth between Canada and Greece for many many years, so I've missed a lot. But I think that I'm um, I don't know I'm just kind of not into poppy stuff. Maybe I'm just at a time in my life where I want to like get into knowledge and understand things and particularly anything to do with the inner workings of our brain and stuff like that. So that's my excuse for not knowing anything about pop culture. (laughs) But keep in mind, in everyday conversation, sometimes you need to have a little bit of that knowledge. I know. I'm I'm baby steps, Chris. I'm trying. Baby steps. I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you want to know what's coming up like in the the next coming months, like the June, July. Do you guys have your some episodes already planned? <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, we, we surprise each other each week. So we never tell each other what the topic is going to be. Oh. Um, so it's always a surprise that way. You know, there's no yeah. planning ahead. But we are trying to get a few episodes in the can because we're both heading on vacation, but we're having issues getting that done. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're having issues getting our regularly programmed topics done, let alone a couple of extras so that we we don't want to leave a gap in the summer. Like, I don't know about you, Chris, but okay, maybe two weeks or something, but we wouldn't want to go for longer than a week or two without publishing. 
Uh, no. Um, so we really need to get a, an extra couple. We're having tons of fun with collaborations though, right? And um, both going on people's shows like yours, Kendra, this is amazing, and having people on ours. So we're trying to cover the summer with collaborations and a few extra topics. Well, Chris and Deb, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about your 80s movie crush. And everyone, you can find all of their information below. Until next time, as always, keep crushing it.